The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ According to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you that this body of the church needs each and every one of its members to function, that there's not one piece of it that is less valuable than the next. I thank you for um, creating a marvelous uh, just teamwork type church. Uh, Thanks for loving each of us individually. God, and just show us how to more effectively use our gifts to build your kingdom and to glorify you. Amen. All right. Yeah. So today is Vision Sunday. Uh, from the beginning of Grace City, we've started doing this at the beginning of the year. We do it midway through the year as well to, to help remind ourselves of why we're here as a church. Um, and I love the start of the new year. And so happy new year, happy 2018. Um, you know, I, I find it is, is this natural break within our lives where we can reflect on the past and, and look forward to the future. Um, so I hope today that uh, for us as a church, we can do that as a church body, but also uh, individually in our lives and see where we're at in our lives with Jesus right now. And so if you are new this morning to Grace City, I just want to welcome you. Um, I believe today's message will help give you a snapshot of who we are as a church as well as where we're headed. Um, If you've been with us for a while, uh, my hope is that this message is an encouragement to think on all that God has done and look forward to what God uh, desires to do next through our church. And so... Uh, For me, you know, I was just reflecting on 2017, and I am uh, thankful for all that God has done. Um, You know, this is a big part of me and and my family's life. We came um, around three and a half years ago, uh, just believing that God was calling us to plant a church. And and so now we've seen Grace City uh, become what it is today. And, um, you know, I was scrolling through some of my pictures, 
And I came across uh, one of the first gatherings that we had. Um, and so I just want to put that picture up there. It was just a small group of us. And uh, these are some of the people that were praying for or praying with us about this church. And, and so I, I look back at that and think, you know what? It's a miracle that we're here today, that we're, we're where we are today as a church. Uh, Psalm 118.23 says this, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And so for, for us, just to give a snapshot, we started uh, Sunday services here at UC High School, October 4th, 2015. Uh, since then, we've been able to baptize 38 people into Christ. And we helped plant a, a church in Loja, Ecuador through Compassion International in 2016. Uh, this past November, 25 kids were sponsored in that village um, and we've been able to invest time, resources into this community. You know, one of the things we say is that we are a church uh, for our city. And there is a big C church and we are just the, the little C, like we are a local church, but we're a part of a bigger thing that God is doing. And that is making an impact in our city and in our world. Um, and so we've been able to do an annual sports camp for the past two years uh, and just seeing kids being able to come and, and just enjoy their summer and, and being able to share Christ with them. Um, we've had partnerships with UCSD campus ministries like Destino and Varsity and other local global ministries. Um, and this past October, we celebrated two years as a church. And so 2017, as I reflect, as I look back, it, it's all to the glory of God. It's all his so can we just take a minute and just thank God for what he's doing, what he's done? It's not us. It's not about us. It's about him. And so again, our vision is to be a church for a city that seeks new life in Jesus. And one of the things that we believe as we are a church that's here for our city, that's here to um, be a blessing to our community, is we want to help you seek new life in Jesus. We want you to, to grow in your relationship with Christ uh, because that's the focus of who we are as a church. And so heading into the new year, let's look as we do every week at God's word and seek his direction for 2018. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, so if you've got your Bibles today, we're gonna to be opening up to Romans chapter 12. Uh, we're gonna be looking at verses one through 11. That's a text we're gonna be breaking down today. And um, this text is a helpful glimpse for us of what God intends for his people. When God looks at his people, this is what he intends for us right here in this passage of scripture. And so as you look back at 2017, did your pattern of life, would you say it honored God? It was like, if I were to match up and look back at 2017, would you look back and say, yep, that, that's the life that God intended for me this past year. See, every year, many of us set resolutions and, and I, I set resolutions. So some of those for me this, this year are to read more books. And so I've got this little app, Goodreads, and I've set a goal. I'm going to read 30 books. So I've said in front of you, you can keep me accountable, 30 books this next year. And 
you know, just having resolutions like deeper relationships and friendships and really deepening my friendships, being intentional about that this next year. And so for you, many of us, we set these resolutions and I, I think those are good things. But let me ask you two questions. Number one, do your resolutions involve God's will? Do, do they involve God's will for, for your life? And the second one is this, have you seen tangible changes for the better as you set these resolutions? Tangible changes, real change. Uh, Kerry Newhoff, who's a, who's a blogger and leader and writer, and uh, he wrote this blog called Five Reasons Your New Year's Resolutions Usually Fail. And here's what he says, while statistics can be a little less than reliable when it comes to resolutions. One study shows as few as 8% of people accomplish their resolutions. And yet resolutions pull achievers back in because people who make resolutions are as much as 10 times more likely to achieve their goals than people who don't. And here's what he says. He said, I'm a goal setter and usually I hit the majority of the goals I set. And when I don't hit them, pretty much 100% of the time, there's one reason why. My pattern didn't change. He says, essentially, your patterns, which really consist of your habits, shape your future. And so let me pose to you a question. What would it look like to have a Christ-centered pattern for life in 2018? As you look at this passage of scripture, Romans chapter 12, 1 through 11, this is a helpful guide for us when we look to this next year of what it would look like to, to set a helpful pattern as we grow in Christ. One of my favorite movies to watch during the holiday season is a movie called The Family Man. Um, I'm not a huge <clears throat> Nicolas Cage fan, but this is one of his really <clears throat> good, good movies. And um, we watch it every year. This is me and my family, we watch this every year. And it, it's a really funny movie because what it is, it's about this guy who um, he thinks he has it all. He's living in a high rise. He's got the job. He's got everything. And he is a Scrooge. Very selfish person. Um, and his selfishness is affecting people around him. And he was asked, he says, okay, you what do you need? He says, I don't need anything. I've got everything I need. See, his pattern was set. But then the funny part of the movie is he meets someone who says, okay, I'm gonna give you a glimpse of your future or what it could have been, what your life could have been. He's like, what do you mean a glimpse? And so he wakes up the next morning and he's in a completely different pattern of life. You see, years previously, he had this girlfriend and they were standing at the airport and he had this choice between, do I have this really important job that I'm gonna go to and I'm gonna live for this career or am I gonna marry this girl? So we find out that earlier in the movie, he didn't marry the girl. But in the glimpse, he marries the girl. And when he wakes up, chaos breaks out. Kids running in the, the room, jumping on the bed, dog on the front, slobbering all over his pillow. 
His pattern of life completely changes and he didn't want it to happen. He wakes up, he says, what's going on here? This isn't my life. It's just a glimpse what your life could have been. And his pattern becomes one where he starts to change diapers. He starts to go to a job that really wouldn't have chosen. Comes back home and has to do Huge responsibilities where other people aren't taking care of it for him. He has to make his own coffee. He's not buying coffee out somewhere where you'd like to go. Completely different pattern of life. And the whole point was that he was missing this family. This family. He becomes a family man. Now, whatever stage you are in life right now, single, dating, married, parent, elderly, whatever, God wants to thrust you into a new pattern of life. A life that's not about me, but it's about God. It's not individualistic, but it's about others. God wants to thrust you into a family called the church, his family. He wants you to have deep relationships in Christ. And so today our text is Romans 12, 1 through 11. And just to give some background, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome, AD 57. So it's a local church within Rome. And the Roman church was a vibrant, multicultural congregation of people. And his goal is to get across the heart of what it means to be a Christian and to be God's family. And so what does the Apostle Paul teach us about a new pattern for life when it comes to what God would look for and intend for us? He teaches us three things. And so here's all three up front. If you're taking notes today, you can also find it on the app, but here's all three. The first one is this. Number one is a new motivation. A new motivation. Number two is a new mindset. And number three is a new way. A new motivation, a new mindset, a new way. And so the first point is found in verse one, a new motivation. So here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So Paul is pleading with the Roman church here. He's saying, I'm appealing to you. Please let this be your pattern of life. I appeal to you, therefore. Now, I've told you this before, but as you're doing Bible study, one of the things you need to ask is, whenever you see the word therefore, you say, what's the therefore, therefore? And so as you look back, you say, okay, we are in chapter 12 of Romans. There is Romans 1 through 11 that Paul had just got done explaining, writing to this church. They've read through it, and now they get to chapter 12. And so what's the therefore, therefore? See, in Romans 1 through 11, Paul went to great lengths to explain the gospel, to explain what the whole message of Christianity is. 
And, and this is the transition point as he gets to chapter 12, which they didn't have chapters then, but we get chapters today. And so we get to look at this. He has this, this transition point for, for, for the church to say, okay, here's what I appeal to you for. You have a new motivation for life. It's something called the gospel. See, what is it that separates us from all other groups of people in the world? When you say that you're a Christian, it's the gospel. It's the message of Jesus. It's saying that, yes, I believe that message. See, the gospel, as we've talked about before as a church, is not a checklist of things that you need to do. Because that's what we think, right? When we come to church, we say, okay, here's the things I gotta do. I gotta straighten up my life. And even as you come into the new year, you say, here's the list of things I've gotta do to improve myself. God doesn't love you based on any of those checklists that you make. But he's accomplished every one of the checklists that matter most in Jesus. And he says, I want you to base your life not on your performance, not on what you do, but based on everything that Jesus has done for you. It is this huge announcement. It's like if you, it's, again, it's not a checklist. It's like if you were reading the newspaper and you said, whoa, this happened? God came, became a man, died for my sins, and he wants a relationship with me, not based on anything that I do, but based on everything that Jesus has done for me. I can't earn it, but it's received. See, the gospel is an announcement that God loves us, not based on our performance to earn our way to God, not to work our way up the steps to God, but solely on Jesus's working himself down to us and loving and caring for and covering messy, broken sinners. See, here's the thing we don't wanna admit as we come into a new year, that as we look back at 2017, I got some things that I wish didn't happen. I wish I didn't do but yet that God would cover all of those mistakes, all of that mess and say, I give you a clean slate in Jesus. The message of Christianity is all about Jesus and what he has done. And he says, this is your motivation for life. That's it. That you are loved in Christ. See, there's some thrilling stuff in Romans. One of the things he says in Romans 8, 1 is this, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Some of us have come in today and we condemn ourselves because we're not at the weight we wanna be at. We're, we're not working out enough. We're not uh, doing enough at work. And so we we're just like, ah, my brain is about to explode because I think I need to be doing more and more and more, working more hours. Or I need to be at this place in life because here's what age I'm at. We are judging ourselves, condemning ourselves, yet it says that Jesus says, I don't condemn you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so he says, I've come to lift that weight off of your shoulders and free you. Verse one, therefore, by the mercies of God, what he's saying is that, <clears throat> look at back at all 11 chapters. Look what God has done. See, it's because of Jesus 
living the perfect life, dying for our sins, rising from the dead. He's bridged the gap between us and God and gives us this undeserved grace. And he says, let that be the only sufficient motivation for your life. It's the exceeding grace and love of God, the mercy of God. Let that motivate you throughout the day. See, Grace City is a church that is motivated by the gospel. We are a gospel-centered church. Every week you come here, you will hear about Jesus and what he's done. That's the starting place every time. See, we're not motivated by guilt, not by have to, not by earning. We are motivated by everything Jesus has done for us. It's his love and grace for us. That's the foundation of Christianity. It is about a father that has relentlessly loved his rebellious, undeserving children and transforms them from the inside out. And so what's our response? Because of the gospel, it says this, that now, because of what God has done for us, our lives are living sacrifices. A living sacrifice. If we look through the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, what you're gonna find is that there's animal sacrifices all throughout to cover and atone for sin. You think about any religious system, there's always sacrifices that are made, right? There's some way that you, it's gonna cost you to be in a relationship with God in that religious system. Within Christianity, it says that you and I are living sacrifices. What that means is this, that it's not based on our sacrifice that we're alive, but it's based on Jesus' sacrifice for us that we live. And so now my sacrifice is this, that I actually get to have life and say, okay, I don't have to kill myself over this. Nothing else in life works like that. You you will drive yourself into the ground, whatever it is. I mean, you hear that. Like people say, well, I'm working really hard. It's just killing me. I'm killing myself out here. And some of us literally are. But yet in Christianity, yet in the gospel, yet in Jesus, he says, no, you don't have to kill yourself. But yet you can live and you can actually sacrifice because of all that he's done. And so my question is this, as you go into this new year, what's your pattern for the motivation in your life? Is it the gospel? Is it Jesus? Is it all that he's done for you? Or is it what you're gonna do to try and justify your existence? In the movie Chariots of Fire, It's about some Olympic athletes who were runners. One of the athletes, Harold Abrahams, uh, says this when reflecting on his upcoming race. Here's what he says. He says, and now in one hour's time, I will be out there again. I will raise my eyes and look down that corridor four feet wide with 10 lonely seconds to justify my existence. But will I? What that is, is this honest question. 
of as we look at our lives and we say, look at my performance and what I can do. Am I gonna make it through the day? Am I gonna be able to justify myself again? Because what if I fail? What if it it doesn't work out? Yet in Jesus, he says that everything that matters most is already accomplished and you can live your life and be free from the guilt and shame of the past. So it's a new motivation. The second is this, it's a new mindset. Look at verses three through five. He says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. As we talk about mindsets and and moving into this new year, Paul warns us about two dangerous mindsets, two very dangerous mindsets. The first one is this, he says, um, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And so the first danger is too high a view of self. Too high a view of self. Paul says, for by the grace given to me. He starts with that by saying this. You and I, our lives, what we have right now, everything is not because we've earned it, but actually because God's given us this gift. The air I breathe, that, that I am in the place in life where I'm at, that I was born into the, the place I was, like everything that we have, right? That it was all a gift from God. It wasn't from us. It wasn't because a lot of the times what we're told is that it's based on you. It's all you. Your abilities, your strengths, all you. What we find is when we live that type of life, we, we get a big head. What is all about me? I can do this. I got this. And it's warning us that 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 type of life, it says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And so there are things that we should think about. And if we intentionally have this place where we don't see life as a gift, where we don't see it as God's grace, then we need to start thinking differently. We need to see the way that Paul is encouraging us to think. It's a new mindset. It's a It's a shift. About this, Timothy Keller writes, he says, Paul's, uh, Paul tells us to avoid being high-minded about ourselves. Despite all the warnings our culture gives about the danger of low self-esteem, the real danger is self-centeredness and egocentricity. That's the danger that he's, he's telling us we need to avoid. But then he also goes on and, and, he, and he moves forward and he says, okay, there's another danger It's too low a view of self. It's too low a view. The second part, he says, think with sober judgment. Here's what sober judgment is. It means to be in touch with reality. It's to look at yourself and say, okay, here's what I'm good at and here's what I'm not good at. And I know that's hard for us because we're told we gotta be good at everything. But here's the thing. When we look at scripture, it says that God created you uniquely, differently, 
that you're not like everybody else. That you have strengths and you have weaknesses. I'm telling you, if I got up here and started to try to do what Billy does, you would all run. I'm sure a lot of the people in the front row hear me singing each week and they're like, man, I want to sit on the other side. Right? That... If I wasn't thinking of myself with sober judgment, it would be bad. And so Paul says this, he says, think of yourself with sober judgment because here's, here's the reality that some of us that, that struggle with low self-esteem, the struggle with a low view of self is this, that you think you're not good at anything. I'm terrible at everything. And that's not true. You're not thinking of yourself with sober judgment. Be in touch with reality because God has gifted you. God has lifted you up and he has given you a specific place in this world to be a light for him. We need to be able to acknowledge what we can do. Then Paul says something interesting. He says, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Here's the point. It's, it's not like, okay, some have more faith than others in the sense that God's just said, okay, you're gonna have more faith. You're gonna, like, it's the faith in the sense of what we put our faith in. You know the way that you're gonna break through a lot of these mind gaps, these mental barriers? It's when you put your faith in what Jesus says about you and who he says you are, not in what you're thinking as you wake up in the morning. See, studies have been done that say if you have this negative pattern of thinking that just keeps recurring again and again and again, it reshapes the way that you think in your mind. That's why the scriptures tell us to think on these things. Whatever is noble, whatever is good, whatever, you know, it, it tells us to think on the truth. And so he wants to reshape the way that you think your pattern of thinking this next year. And to break through some of these things. But the only way you can do it is through the faith that God has assigned, which is faith in Jesus. That's the faith. He's assigned it that it's Jesus that we put our faith in and it is him who we hear who we truly are. So you only go as far as the gospel that you believe. Who does God say you are? Do you ultimately look to his opinion of you? Do you believe everything you have is from him and it's his grace and it's not yours? See, when we start to see this, then we'll start to see that God has given us a distinct role in this world, distinct giftings in this world. And our lives won't be about us anymore. It will be about him. And it will start to look and see, we'll start to see that it's about loving others. You know, one of the beautiful things I, I looked at is as we went through uh, the Christmas season, the Advent season, is um, we were able to give gifts to the Burmese refugees in our city and gathering all the boxes and seeing all the love that was poured out. I, I just want to read this really quickly. This is a message from Pastor Silas. 
He says, thank you so much for your great heart for mission and your great support of Agape Myanmar Mission. We are so grateful to God. This Christmas outreach that they did with these boxes, 30 Burmese people came to know the Lord. And a lot of Burmese people heard the good news of the gospel for the first time. He says, please keep praying for us as we follow up with them and disciple our new believers. Thank you so much and God bless you all. Here's the thing. If you look through here, it gives different giftings. So in verse six, it says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches and is teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Here's the thing, when we start living out what God has for our lives, when our mindset isn't about us, but about serving Christ, God changes people. God changes our community. God changes the world. Paul encourages to, to have a new mindset about our abilities because here's the thing. Some of us thought, well, maybe, I don't know how that little box can help change a life. It did. It did. God says, all you need is little mustard seeds of faith and I can use that to move mountains. And so the last one is this, last point is a new way. Look at verses nine through 11. It says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Here's the thing. Paul is writing to a church. He's writing to a group of people who said, we're in this together. We're, we're a community of believers that are following after Jesus. And at the top of this section, right over verse nine, here's what it says. It says, marks of the true Christian. And he starts with this. He says, let love be genuine. This word for genuine means unhypocritical. See, it's just not being fake. He say, okay, I, let your love be genuine from the inside out. Where is this type of unhypocritical love played out? In a community. I love the quote from uh, John Piper. He says that um, sanctification is a community project. You becoming more like Jesus is a community project. It's gonna be all of us in this together. And as we look at the scriptures and what it says about being a Christian, it's true. See, here's our culture. We live in a, the most isolated, individualistic society in the history of the world. But yet right in the, the, the middle of it all, God has designed the church in the exact opposite way. He says, the way you and I become more like Jesus is in a community with one another. This isn't meant to be done alone. 
Do you realize how many one another's there are in Scripture? I'm going to let you see some. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to read some off to you. The, John 13.34 says, love one another. Romans 12.5 says, be devoted to one another. Romans 12.10 says, honor one another. Romans 12.15 says, rejoice with one another. Galatians 5.13, serve one another. Galatians 6.2, carry one another's burdens. Ephesians 4.32, forgive one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another. 1 Peter 4.9, Offer hospitality to one another. James 5.16, confess our sins to one another. James 5.16, also pray for one another. It's all throughout scripture. And what this is, is a new way. Because the way that our society and culture is structured is, it's privacy and efficiency. It's, I'm gonna do this on my own. But the way that Christ lays out for us is that you can't do it alone and, and we need one another as a body of believers. See, here's one of the things that, 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 I, that I know. As I look back at us gathering in that small room, I know that the church was never meant to be a show. It was never meant to be just come to a service and consume. It was meant to be, we're here for one another. We love one another. We encourage one another. We pray for one another. Pastor Mark Dever says uh, this, and I thought this was super helpful. He says, do you want to know your new life as a Christian is real. Commit yourself to a local group of saved sinners. Try to love them. Don't just do it for three weeks. Don't just do it for six months. Do it for years. And I think you'll find out, and others will too, whether or not you love God. The truth will show itself. As you look at 1 John, he says, you want to know the, the, the marks of a Christian? He says, how you love one another. So again, for us as a body of believers, this is a new way. And so in 2018, say we can't do this alone. We need one another. And so what's next for Grace City? I'm gonna give you uh, three things and then a, a challenge at the end here. But here's the first one. For Grace City, we're gonna be doing over January and February a series called Crafted by God. We're gonna be going through the book of Titus. We're gonna be talking about what does it mean to, to truly be crafted by God, shaped by God in our lives. And we're gonna be talking about the local church and why it's important to be a part of a local church. You know, one of the questions is like, why should we even bother to be a part of church? In our culture that's so transient, and I can get it te through technology and all of those things. We're gonna talk about all of that through this series. And we're gonna go through the book of Titus and then we'll go to January and February. Another thing that we're gonna be rolling out in 2018 is just a new membership class. We, we want to help you. And so what we're gonna call it is finding your place. You know, as we look at this scripture and we look at, and I wish I had time to go through every single verse 
But here's one of the, the, the really crazy things it says. It says that individually, we're members one of another. We're members of one another. Like we, we will never be able to accomplish what we could if it wasn't for every person that's in here. And so as Grace City, we could never be what God intends us to be without you. And so our question is, where is that place where we can say that I'm in? And so we're gonna have in uh, February, starting in February, the third week of, in February, we're gonna just go through and just talk about like, what does it look like to be um, in, right? I'm a member at Grace City. We're gonna have that opportunity for you. And so again, if you're new, we, we encourage you, go to the Newcomer Social, get to know who we are. But this is a great series to come to, to, to hear more about what that looks like. The third is this, that, that we've got new 2018 Kingdom Initiatives. And so one of the, the things is, you know, we're ha- there's this conference that's coming up at the end of this month. And I'm friends with the, the guys who are putting this on. And, and one of the things that we say is, like, our mission is to be a church for us, or, or, or to equip you with the gospel for everyday life. We want you to be better and know who Jesus is more and more in your everyday life. How do you go out and, and live that out? And so that's what the conference is all about. So at the end of January, um, if you're into it, we, we would love to, I'll be there. We're going to go. And I just want us to dive into some things that are going to help us to know what it looks like to live out the mission of Christ in everyday life. The second one is that um, as, as we have these new kingdom initiatives, we're raising up new leaders within our church body. And so I'm excited to announce that Trevor Ellington is going to be raising support and coming on staff with us uh, for Grace City. And so I'm excited about that. And here's the thing. I've known Trevor since he was a fourth grader. I met him. We, Laura and I were traveling to different camps um, in, all across the United States with, for our college. Gives my age away a little bit, but I was young. I was young. I was like freshman. Um, but I met Trevor at an elementary week of camp. He was an elementary camper. And, uh, and so we've stayed in touch over all these years. And his heart for Jesus and for people, um, it blows me away to see the person that he's become over these years. And so now he's raising support to, to be on staff with us. And so I'm just so thankful for, for him and Bethany and them being here a part of Grace City. Yeah. Um, at the end of 2018, we're gonna be taking a mission trip to Loja, Ecuador. And so we're gonna go and um, see the, the church that was planted in that community of people. And if you're, if you're a sponsor of one of the kids in the village, you'll be able to, to see them, their family, and be a part of that. And so that's one of our goals for 2018 is as we look at kingdom initiatives, we're gonna be a part of this. And as we get towards the end of the year, and, and we're gonna be getting more information about this, but we're looking at planting another church in Tokyo, Japan. And so... There's an amazing uh, group of people, um, Redeemer City to City, 
um, solid, solid church planting organization. And again, there's a few other churches that have invited us in and said, would you be a part of helping plant a, a new church in Tokyo? And so we've been praying about it and this is, we feel comfortable with this, that we say, okay, this is a, a gospel-centered church that will be planted in Tokyo, Japan. And so one of my challenges is this. Throughout this year, as we're talking about sacrifice and giving and all those things, one of our goals is to raise $20,000 to give away. By the end of the year, we say, okay, we're gonna raise $20,000 in the past, as a little church, we raised $15,000 to help plant that church. And so $20,000, and we give it all away to bless people. And so whether that be local ministries, through Destino, through um, InterVarsity, through uh, local partnerships that we have here, and, and, plant, and helping to give this money away to help plant this church. Because here's the thing, our DNA as a church, it's not about us. This is not about us. And we'll not get sucked into that us, 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 us type of mentality as a church. And so we will continue to have this outward vision of reaching the world with the gospel. And so lastly, here's my challenge to you. What's next for you? What's next for you? Would you resolve, number one, to join us for the next seven weeks of our new series? And if you're like, what's the local church? Why do I need to be a part of a church? Would you commit over the next seven weeks to say, okay, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna, and if, if I can't make it, I'm gonna listen in, I'm gonna listen to the podcast and I'm just gonna be invested in this. It's that important. The second is, would you pray about becoming a member of Grace City? But also this, or another Bible-believing, gospel-centered local church in 2018. It doesn't have to be with us. We pray and we would hope that you would join Grace City but if there's another Bible-believing church, we're just saying be rooted somewhere. Be rooted in a community. Love a community of people and say, I'm here to serve. That's our hope. Right? In 2018, would you do that? Because what you're gonna see throughout scripture, there are local churches all throughout and they, they were dedicated to one another. And the last one is this. Would you partner with us in expanding God's kingdom? Again, this isn't about us, but this is about being a blessing to the city. And would you partner in just being about the kingdom of God? It's about his glory. And, and, and I'm telling you, if, if we look at this and say our lives are living sacrifices, we've got this no, new motivation in the gospel, we've got a new mindset for life, and there's a new way set out that we are a community of believers, I'm telling you, God's kingdom will continue to expand. I'm gonna finish with this. In the mornings, we do a prayer walk around the, the school here. We pray for our community. We pray for this church. And I was walking, and, and, and Nancy, who uh, is one of the people who prayer walks every morning, helps set up in the morning. Um, she struck up a conversation with a guy who was walking his dog, and he said, hey, you guys praying here? I'm like, yeah. And she said, uh, she asked me, she's like, you're part of a church anyway? They started talking about uh, church and, and he says, you know, I, I got saved during the Jesus movement. And Nancy said, me too. He said, what church do you go to? Oh, it was this little church in North Park area and it was just this little Calvary Chapel church. 
That's where I got saved. And she's like, me too. <laughs> and, and what it did for me was it, it just gave me this glimpse. This glimpse of a family. Like the family of God. Right, where, where here's the thing. Nancy and Greg, they don't mind me saying, they're a little bit older. But I want to be like Nancy and Greg when I'm their age. And here's the thing, the future of the church and who we're going to be. We want to disciple Nancy and Greg's for the future. We're committed to that. We're serious about that. Because this is about a generation being discipled in Jesus. See, we believe in a God who came to us, died for us, raised from the dead, and he's our hope. It's all about Jesus. And we pray that our lives, as we move forward and as Grace City moves forward into 2018, we are a church that's all about Jesus. It's all about his glory. Let's pray. God, I thank you that we live in this time, in this season, the church is not a thing of the past. It is a thing now. You are moving, God. You are building your church. And we want to be a part of that. It's so much bigger than us. It's not about us. It's about you. So we just want to be a people that live for your glory. Die to ourselves every day. You say, pick up your cross and die to yourself. I pray that we are a church that does that that we are unhypocritical in that, that we let our love be genuine for you, God, and for one another. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.